0: To Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 10. And ye are complete in Him. Ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Real short reading today. Well, there's a whole lot of preaching in that one little scripture right there. I'm going to preach to you today, if the Lord'll help me, and you'll help me. Might sound a little corny. It's, this this came up on me at about 2:15 this morning? I've been up a while. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for each person that's here today. I pray, God, you'd anoint the lips of clay to deliver what you have laid on my spirit today, this morning. God, as I rose to meet with you, to know what to say to your people, I pray, God, that somebody in this building has walked in here to hear this word from you. I pray, God, you move all of my personality and all of my foolishness out of the way today, God, and let your word speak to somebody today that we can win in Jesus' name. We receive it today. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We thank you for it today. If you're going to help me preach, you can sit down. 100% participation. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm the only one standing. And I stand here today a very blessed man of God. I was privileged to be raised by two wonderful parents. One has gone on to his reward, and the other calls me every morning just to remind me that she loves me even on Saturdays at 5.45. And that's enough today. I could go into the rest of all the things that God has done for me and my wonderful family and how I have been blessed of God with two wonderful boys and a wife that um, I surely didn't deserve. But let me tell you why I'm really blessed today. It's because... Those two that I mentioned first raised me in the church. Now, let me pause for a short disclaimer, a clarifier, if you will. When I say the church, I'm not talking about just somewhere to meet on Sundays, I'm not talking about a social networking club, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about a place where Jesus dwells. I'm talking about a place where sin goes to die. I'm talking about a place where we come in wrecked and broken and beaten up by the things of this world, but we are transformed to be like him. I wish I had a little help today. See, there's a lot of things or a lot of Places this morning, if you will, allow me that are fronting as the church. Let let me help all you non-cool folk. Fronting is when you act like, or you pretend, or you represent like you are something, but you lied. I'm going to get better in a minute. It's just an appearance. It's nothing but a facade. It's a charade. It's playing. And pretending. It's fake it and hope that you make it. Come on now. Y'all going to make me preach before I ever get to what I'm supposed to be preaching. It might look like a duck. And it might quack like a duck. And it might be yellow on the outside. But you better examine it real careful. And make sure it's not a skunk dressed up like a duck before the stink gets on you. Because there's a lot of places today that are positioned by the devil to tickle your ear, pacify and satisfy your flesh, but they will never alleviate your soul. Oh, I wish I had some real help here today. They will invite you in. They'll welcome you. They'll celebrate you. They'll high-five you. They'll cash your tithe check. But when you leave, you might, leave welcomed and celebrated and high-fived and with a lighter wallet, but you won't leave with what you truly need. And that is power and anointing that will destroy the yoke that sin has shackled your life with. That's why so many professing Christians seem to be a direct opposite of what you would expect to see. That's why... Our world today sits in confusion and are headed in the direction that they are going because the so-called church folk look as broke as they do. Y'all know I love you. And the reason is, is because they never got delivered in the first place. And they live like a servant And they live like a victim instead of the victor that they are through Christ Jesus. Oh, but I didn't come to preach gloom today. I've come to tell somebody you walked into a place this morning where you can leave different. Come on, I wish somebody that believed it would help me. You've walked into a place this morning where the spirit of the Lord is. And according to his word, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's why we worship. That's why we dance. That's why we sing. That's why we shout. Because we have experienced his liberty today. See, we didn't come together today just to see you and to talk about how our week was and to show off our fashion and to do all of those things, share recipes or whatever else goes on before it really gets going. We came here today for the sole purpose to exercise our liberty and to worship and to magnify our great God, this King of every king and Lord of every lords, because the Spirit has transformed us today. Yes, we still got problems, but we worship anyway. Come on, somebody. Because we know that our problems aren't greater than our promise. See, you've got to get to a place. If you're ever going to do anything in the kingdom of God, where your focus shifts from the problem and on to the promise. Listen to me, anybody can call out the problem. I want to know this morning, are you a person that can proclaim the promise? Anybody can tell you what's wrong. Anybody can tell you what ain't working and what's not happening. But can you still, in the midst of the problem, hang on to the promise and hang on to the Word of God? Let me help you this morning. See, problems bring fear. But the promise says, Isaiah 41 and 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous hand. The problem wants fear to grip your life. But the promise said, you don't have to worry about it because I'm with you. And my righteous hand is upholding you. Problems bring anxiety and worry, but the promise said, Isaiah 26 and 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The problem wants to get you fretted, the problem wants to get you so distressed and so discouraged that you don't know what to do, but the promise said, he will keep you in perfect peace you trust in Him. See, the problem wants you to feel like you're all alone, but the promise said, Deuteronomy 31 and 8, the Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. The problem wants you to believe that you are somehow abandoned by God and you are somehow the first person that he's ever failed. But His promise said, he's went before you and he's always with you. Just don't be afraid or discouraged, but hold on to the promise. Problem scream, you're a failure, you're gonna slip, you're gonna fall, you can't do this, you're not able. But the promise said, Psalm 37 23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in Him. 24, though He may stumble, ah, uh, He will not. Fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The enemy wants you to think and believe that you're a failure today. He wants you to see the problem and feel like that somehow it's going to get the best of you. But the promise said you might stumble every once in a while, but the hand of the Lord will never let you fall. And here's the big one. The problem says you failed, you've crashed, you've burned, you've gone too far to ever get back up. No hope for you. Am I preaching to anybody? <laughs> but the promise said Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who hope in the Lord will renew. Their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. That's for you young folks that's here today. They will walk and not faint. That's for you old folks that's here today because the promise covers you in every spectrum of life. There is no such thing as too far gone. There is no such thing as not redeemable. I'm telling you today that the promise says. That if you'll trust in the Lord, he'll renew the strength that you feel like you've lost. What are you trying to do, Brother Hodge? I'm trying to tell you this morning. I'm trying to preach to you this morning. You're in this thing to win this thing. You're in this thing to win this thing. God didn't start you out on this journey to leave you by yourself. God didn't bring you this far to turn around and walk away from you and let the enemy rejoice over you. You are in it today, and because you're in it, you're going to win it. It's a fixed fight. It's a pre-designed plan, and if you will surrender your will to him, you will win. Just don't know, Brother Hodge, I don't know about all that, me either, but God does. Because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven said this, for I know the plan, I have declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hear me this morning. God is for you. Let me say that again today. God is for you. One more time because that's good preaching. God is for you. I could stand here this morning and never say another word and just keep saying, God is for you. Come on, somebody. The problem is the enemy has beat on some of you so long that he has beat the trust out of you and he has beat the faith out of you. He's making you think that God is somehow wanting you to fail and wanting you to fall. But I'm telling you this morning, God is for you. You've got to find some way to get your faith back in God because it's your faith that fuels your fight. Some of you have lost your fight because you've lost your faith. You don't really truly believe you can win. Come on, anybody in this building today? You don't truly trust, really, deeply, truly trust that God is with you and that God is for you. You've let the winds of life and the storms of life and the situations of life blow you off course and it has robbed you of your faith. I'm preaching to somebody in this house today. And you're sitting here right now, even listening to me preach this and you're wondering even now, why did I even come today? Why did I even make the effort? Why did I even get up and get dressed to walk into the house of the Lord? Why did I even bother? I've come to preach you back today. I've come to try to call you back to a place of belief and trust in a God that said He'd never leave you and He'd never forsake you. A God that said I'll be with you always even to the end of the world Uh, come on somebody you're not the only one that's ever felt that way Uh, remember Peter the disciple not Peter the cusser and the sinner and the fisherman and all the stuff he was before he met the Lord not the hothead Not the loud mouth, the disciple, converted, changed. Peter, whose faith was so high, remember what he boldly declared to the Lord? Let me give you a little context. See, Jesus was talking to people that were struggling. Jesus was talking about people that were going to betray him. Jesus was talking about people that were going to leave him. Jesus was talking about real talk, if you'll let me say it like that. But Peter, bold as he ever was, let his mouth erupt again like he often had done in the past. I'll never do that, Lord. I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll never betray you, Lord. I'll never walk out on you, Lord. Come on, somebody. Notice when he said that, where he was at. They were in the upper room. They were partaking of what we know and call the Last Supper. Jesus has given them bread, and he's given them Wine, and he is now telling them about things that are to come. There's so much preaching, all of this. My goodness. Let me simplify it today because I ain't got all day. This is a parallel to the church. They came up from their routines, they're in the upper room. You always go up when you go to church. They were. Washed clean from the residue of their daily activities. Jesus had already washed their feet and got that off of them. That's that's a, that's a type of baptism. They had partaken of the bread. Somebody had preached the word of God. They had partaken of the wine. They had received the spirit of the Lord. Now they're being prepared to go out. See, you thought church was about coming and being cool and getting a little praise. Church ain't never been about that. Church has been about me coming in. Getting the filth of this world off of me, getting a morsel of bread in my spirit, and getting filled up with some wine so I can get out and be about the Master's business. This thing has turned into more things than it ever should have been. It's not about great programs, although we need them. It's not about all the fun stuff that we get to do, and thank God we do. This thing, first and foremost, ought to be about a people that said, I've got a call. And an anointing on my life. And I've got to get to the house of God. Because he's getting ready to leave. And there's a kingdom that needs to be established. Sound like church? Sound like what it's supposed to be. So all of that is happening. And Jesus wheels around to Peter and said, Simon, Simon, behold, stop talking for me. Listen. Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Oh, my goodness, and that's the only word some of us heard. And we walked out the door, and we were as discouraged as we could be. And we started getting our funeral plans ready. And we started calling that favorite sister that we like to sing that sad song and tell her my address change notification is in the mail. Because the Lord said, the devil wants to kill me. But thank God for the next verse. Because verse 32 said, But I have prayed for thee. (laughs) You are a target of the enemy, but I've prayed for you, and this is what I prayed for, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Jesus said so much right now. I could take all morning to break it down, but let me key in on a few things. The enemy today wants to sift you. Sifting, if you don't understand it, is a process. It's a shaking. It's an agitation. And its sole purpose and its sole design is to shake you loose and to separate you. Ever notice when people start struggling, they get awfully agitated? Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me today. Thy silence saith it all. People start struggling. They start finding fault with everything. Don't like the songs no more. Preacher, preach too long. Too hot in the church. Too cold in the church. I can't go worship with those people. They're offended at everything. Nothing satisfies them. You couldn't give them a million dollars and make them happy. Offense gets in your spirit. Long before it gets in your bank account, a million dollars ain't going to buy it out. Hallelujah, that one's free. Nothing will turn their frown upside down. You ask them to take off their scary Halloween mask, but it's their real face. And they just ugly. And they just distant. And they just cold. What's happening? What's happening? being sifted they're being sifted it's an age old t- attack the devil is separating them and he's dividing them and he's trying to shake the faith right out of their spirit me help somebody today the enemy is shaking you because he's sifting you he's trying to separate you from the church and from the preacher and from the worship and certainly from your faith but Jesus is working for you just like he did for Peter because he's standing and he's praying that your faith won't And fail there is a Greek word, Brother Jay, that I can't pronounce. (laughs) Well, I got up here and faked it. Y'all wouldn't have known any different. I'm just being honest today. It's a Greek word I can't say. But it means this. I could read these English words of what it meant. Will not pass through. Or. Won't shake out. Another definition said it means to leave or be separated. Here again what Jesus told Peter. Satan desires. He wants to. He has the intention to, Peter, to shake the faith right out of you. Listen what he did not do. He never implied that Satan had power Over his faith. He simply was warning him that Satan would try to separate him from his faith. See, you've got to understand something about God and about faith. First thing is this, and this ain't politically correct, so please forgive me, but it's the best way I can figure out how to say it today. And it was early in the morning. God ain't no Indian giver. what he gives you belongs to you he ain't taking it back when god gives it to you it belongs to you and it is yours as long as you maintain it and hold on to it see so somewhere in christianity And somewhere in all of this, we have come to this place where we think that God subtracts from our faith. Like like we got a faith account up there. And if we mess up, God said, oh, let me take a little bit. And, and, And you can somehow use some up and then get some more back. But that's not how... It works. (laughs) And here's why. It's the second thing you got to understand about faith. He gave you and me an adequate amount of faith. In fact, he gave us the exact same amount. I'll go a little farther than that. If you believe in the virgin birth... If you believe that Jesus Christ was fully God, yet fully man, hmm, then you and me and Jesus all have the same amount of faith. Are you crazy, Brother Hodge? You should have slept a little longer. You got up too early. If I had Jesus faith, See, you're making a common error. (laughs) Jesus didn't do things because his faith was stronger in might or in ability. Jesus did things because his faith was proven through his simple obedience to the words of his Father. Can y'all, is somebody back there? Can y'all put up Romans 12 and 3? Can y'all throw that up there? For him to see. Hallelujah. I got it. I got it. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man, there you go, that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. You can be proud of what the Lord's done in your life, you can be thankful for the changes that he's made. That he's picked you up from a miry clay, he set your feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in your soul today. You can be thankful for that, but don't think too highly than you ought. But remember, very soberly, that it's according as God hath dealt to every man. Would you would you see that next word? The, the measure. Of faith (laughs) Don't think too high of yourself Keep it all in perspective Because you ain't done nothing But by the ability Of the measure of faith That God hath dealt to every man See Y'all been hearing that preach so long wrong no, no stones at nobody. I preach it wrong, too. I've said a measure of faith, too. That you didn't get the true revelation of the promise. This is it. He set you up to win. He didn't give you a measure and hope that it was enough. From the perch of glory, with the end in sight, with knowing the temptation that he would face when he walked in flesh like you, being in all points tempted like as we, yet without sin. Am I in the book? He dealt to every man the measure of faith. What does that mean? You're not losing today because your faith is too weak or you don't have enough of it. You're losing today because you're allowing the problems to reposition you and separate you from the promises of God. You are, I am this church is. Peter was positioned to win. That's why Jesus finished by saying, and when thou art converted. Not, oh, Peter, I hope that you are strong enough. Anyway, I hope you can rise to the challenge. I hope. You have prayed enough and fasted enough. I hope you have built up your spiritual muscles. No, that's not what he said. He knew the measure of faith Peter had was enough. He wasn't worried about the power of the faith. He was speaking to the position of the faith. When thou art converted, that word means return to. The enemy is going to try to steal your faith, Peter. And for a moment, he's going to separate you from it. But when you return, I'm preaching to somebody, just come back. Just come back back. Just come back. If you're in this room and you feel like your faith is gone, just come back. If you've been beat up and broken and you just don't know if it's worth it, just come back. If you're at home today and you're watching online and you've lost the joy of the house of the Lord, just come back. If you're wounded, come back. If you're overwhelmed, come back. If your world is shaking and reeling, come back, come back, come back. Well, is it really that simple? Yes, it's that simple because in him you have everything you need to win my verse today. Colossians 2:10 said, "And ye are complete in him." which is the head of all principality and power. I preach way too long, so let me hustle. The enemy is a sifter. He's a separator. He's a thief. He takes us from. He makes us less. But in him, Jesus, we are complete. That word says so much. I wish I could just pull up Strong's Concordance and put it on the screen today and tell you everything that that one word, that word complete, affords you. But let me break it down this way. Complete means filled to the top. It means completely full. Here's the one that jumped out at me this morning. Having the full measure. What I just tell you about your faith to every man, the measure. Oh, come on, somebody. Hang on just a little bit longer. It means that you've been brought fully into. Or it means that we are causing God's will to be made known. My Lord, I pray this morning that you get this. Because this is the thing we struggle with. This is the thing that we live. And we are flesh. And the devil is trying to sift us and take this away. But I want to tell you today, you want to know how you win your your battles you want to know how you get what belongs to you you want to know how you see what god wills for you come to pass this is the principle you've got to start fighting from the position of victory and not in pursuit say you got to get it this morning in him you're already a winner you're in it to win it god is for you. He's already made plans. He left to go build you a house. He died to pay your debt. He was beaten so you could be healed. He was chastised so you could have peace. What you need will never be yours because of you. It will be yours because of Him. Man, that takes the pressure off. I'm free because He set I'm healed. Not because I was good enough to earn it. But because he strapped himself to that post. And let him take that cat of nine tails. And tear the flesh off his back. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. Come on somebody. I'm headed to glory today. Because he's already paid. When you get that established and you rearrange your thinking, you can go take your faith back and start living complete in Him. He's the head. Scripture. He's the head. That's the ruler. That's the Lord. That's the master. What's he head over? First, he's head over the principality. If you don't know what that is, let me help you. That's the first offender. He's the head over the first offender. That's the cause. That's the source. That's the ringleader. That's Lucifer, the fallen angel. That's Satan. That's the devil. That's the adversary. That's the enemy. That's the serpent. That's old slew Whatever else you want to call him, Jesus is greater. Come on, somebody. We still believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But he's not just Lord over the principality or the source. He's also head of the power. What's that? It's the stuff we really fight with. It's the junk that spawned out of that principality's disobedience. It's ability, it's strength, it's jurisdiction, it's influence, it's effects, it's the weapons, it's the tactics, it's the tricks. But when you get Jesus, When you get Jesus, you're positioned above, you're equipped above, you're authorized above. Not only just Satan, but all of his weapons. That's why we shout. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. Because in him, Christ Jesus, I am complete. I'm properly positioned to win it. Stand with me. I got more notes, but I'm quitting right here. You know why there are two requirements listed in Scripture to be an overcomer? Because one's about power, and one's about position. And they overcame him by the blood. That's the power. And by the word of their testimony. That's position. We win battles because of his power, but we possess his power because of our position in him. How do you demonstrate faith or exercise faith? You understand it's about position. We love this scripture, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. But what was the context of that scripture? Notice the word, therefore. Teaching moment real quick. Anytime you see the word, therefore, in the scripture, go back and see what it's there. He was addressing an out of position people. They were horribly representing God. And worse, the devil was running rampant among them. But the apostles' answer to all of that was one word. Submit. 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 We love to resist, but we forget to submit. Because you can't resist until you first submit. Because submit means I step out of what I wanted to do. And I put myself back under what you want to do. Submit says, I may have chose a different way if I would have had my choice. But God, I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of always, every day when I get up, this same old enemy is right back in my face. Oh, goodness, this ain't ain't how I planned to do this today, but this is fine. It's submission that puts me back in position. It's submission that sets me back under His authority. It's submission that gets me back right. It's submission that gives me the license to then resist. You ever seen somebody get arrested? For crazy and get arrested for resisting arrest. Because they got video cameras everywhere today. Don't do nothing. You're going to get caught. This ain't resisting, that's complying. You know what that is? I was out of position. I was wrong and I know it. And I ain't making this worse. So I'm just... Yes, sir, I'll go with you. Yes, sir, I'll walk with you. (laughs) But When you wasn't wrong, or if you're a little bit crazy, take it how you want to. You don't believe that that's lawful and that's right. There's some activity. Some of you come way too passive with the enemy. They don't even really have to put up much of a fight, will you? I'm trying to finish this morning. <laughs> My victory is determined by my position. I don't fight for victory. I'm in it to win it. He's already given me the victory. I got to learn that I'm fighting from a position of victory already. I got to learn that I'm fighting with a winning hand. I got to learn that I'm fighting with a God that's already won the war. All this stuff's got the world crazy and scared and running all different directions right now I'm just looking at it saying come quickly Lord Jesus you know why because I've submitted myself to him I'm positioned where he wants me to be I'm not frazzled and I'm not afraid I got people everyday asking me what does this mean what does that mean yes I wish it would I got children I'd like to see them grow up and go on and live and have, have, have some things and, and, and families of their own and all But at some point, this thing's got to wrap up. And when it does, you better make sure you're in the right position. So I'm wrapping this thing up today with an altar call like this. If you've been struggling, come back. If you've been fighting, come back. If you've been in a place where the enemy has been shaking on you and sifting you and trying to move you out of your promise. Just come back. That's what Peter did. He was in the upper room when he said, I ain't going to deny it. He left from the upper room to go do exactly what God told him he was going to do. But when he saw Jesus... He said, go wait till you be renewed with power. He came back. He went to the place where the faith was shifted and sifted out of him. And he found him a place to get before the Lord. And that power renewed him. He returned. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Am I preaching to anyone in this building this morning? Would you come? Would you come today? Brother Hodge, I've been fighting. Brother Hodge, I've been facing some enemies. Brother Hodge, I don't really understand and know why. But today, I'm going to believe what you said. Today, I'm coming back. I'm not going to be sifted again by this enemy. I'm not going to be repositioned any longer by this enemy. But I'm submitting myself to God. I'm resisting the tricks and the trade of the adversary, I'm coming back. Would you come? If that's not you, would you come and help somebody today?